Hey everybody, this is Brent from Beam Me Up, a Star Trek podcast. As you may know, Matt and I have finished recording the main run of the show. However, over the course of our three and a half years of recording the show, we actually recorded several episodes that to this point have either gone unaired or they were exclusive to our Patreon page. Well, now that we're on the backside of the main show, we thought that it would be a great time to release those episodes to you guys out there, our listening audience. Plus, you never know when Matt and I may jump in with a random new episode. The final frontier begins. Let's make sure history never forgets the name Enterprise. You've never seen Voyager. Beam us up. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of the Beam Me Up podcast. My name is Brent Allen, and I have seen every episode of Star Trek multiple times. And I'm Matt Sonnenberg, and I have not seen Star Trek at all. And this is the show where we are joining Matt on his journey for the very first time through the world of Star Trek. And I will be here kind of serving as his guide, the the Captain Janeway to his seven of nine. Only, Matt, you're a lot less pretty in a jumpsuit. Um, you'll catch that reference later. I promise. I, I, I sure you're going to have to remind me because I that <laughs> meant nothing to me. Right. Nothing. Well, you know, if you haven't listened to our what we kind of call our zero episode or previous Review episode. Uh, the general idea here is you just heard Matt has never seen Star Trek. So we're taking him through. We're not doing an exhaustive run through the entire series. We're really trying to catch the highlights, sort of the essential episodes, maybe you might say, the ones that are, are really marquee for somebody who wants to enter into the Star Trek world and get a feel for what this whole thing is about. The episode we are looking at today, this is the very first episode we are starting Matt off with, and it is the Corbomite Maneuver. Now, this is episode, I don't know, 8, 9, 10, somewhere in uh, date order, but... I mean, on Netflix, it's 11. On Netflix, it's 11. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but this was actually the third episode that was produced in production. Um, and it's really, I, I have often referred to it as the third pilot for Star Trek. There was a, a pilot they made that went unaired because it didn't get picked up. And then they remade a pilot. I don't know how many shows ever get a chance to redo their pilot. Um, thank you, Lucille Ball, who went to bat for the show. There over you that. Go. Yes, that same Lucille Ball. And uh, they, they redid. A, another pilot the name of that one was where no man has gone before and there's so many things different about that show from the rest of star trek but this is the one where things start to settle down and it's really just a terrific episode so or at least in my opinion it's a terrific episode um we're not really doing like full-on recaps but for anyone who hasn't seen the episode this is the one where the enterprise is going along their everyday business and they get trapped uh they get stopped by uh, another vessel and they're told that they're gonna be killed and they've got a few you know uh a few moments to live and Kirk says, Hey, listen, if you do that, you're going to die too, because we got this stuff called Corbomite and he's completely bluffing and they go back and forth and they wind up uh, eventually going, the, the other ship winds up getting disabled. They decide to go save the crew member from the other ship. His name was Baylock and turns out it was a very young child with a, was it pubescent, was it? man's I... voice coming out of his face <laughs> and turns out he just wanted a friend that's that's the episode right there um 
But Matt, so this was your first journey into Star Trek. The first, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll put it that in quotation marks, the first episode of Star Trek you've ever watched. Let's assume, even if you have from time to time caught an episode out there, mm-hmm. uh, you don't know it what it means. Nothing. It meant nothing to you. Yeah. So this is the first one where you're actually sitting down to watch it of your own real volition. Um, I'll, I'll put it to you. What did you think of this episode? This is uh, Just so you know, I'm sorry, I, I ask you a question, then I keep talking. Um <laughs> This is actually one of the seminal episodes of Star Trek. Like, when people start listing the top episodes of Star Trek, the original series, which is what we're in right now, the original series, uh, Mm -hmm. TOS, as a lot of times we'll call it, this is usually in, like, I'd say the top five, if not the top three, as, like, seminal episodes. So, I'm just curious, what what are your thoughts? Take us through your first experience of Star Trek. Oh, I'm going to start things off the bang by quoting none other than Miley Cyrus. Uh-oh. Party in the USA. No. It's a wrecking ball. Nope. Oh, okay. I'm out of her songs. I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. Okay. Because I felt the the, the, the journey that this episode took us through, uh-huh. it, you know, it that was the thrill. That sure. was you know, captivating, mysterious, uh-huh. uh, w- whatever you want to call it, but it, uh-huh. it's thrilling and <laughs> life threatening. And yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the conclusion, like the wrap up <laughs> is all of like two minutes. Sure. And it's just like, Oh, okay. And like you said, yeah, he, he just wanted a friend. Yeah. Like, he just wanted a okay. friend. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Well that, that, that ended quicker than i thought like it it, it almost turned like it, it was ramping up like oh we're gonna kill you we're gonna kill you we're uh-huh. these evil people and then it's like oh there was not really a bad guy okay right sure uh but ultimately i think from like talking with you and and, mm-hmm. and kind of grasping a little bit of star trek here and there like it kind of that that that, that little two minute resolution though mm-hmm. did kind of mimic their their mission statement right okay you know kind of like of um going out to explore things and you know finding new cultures and stuff and like that's yeah. essentially what they agreed to do right it's right. like yeah you're gonna take one of my crew members hang out share information share your cultures and and we'll meet meet up again sometime and i don't sure. know if they ever actually meet up again but i i like if we ever get this crew member back if what was it bailey is bailey, going with yeah, him yeah, yeah. Assuming um, that Bailey wasn't actually Baylock's lunch the next day, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, 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 like, like, right? I, 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 we, we, we talked early on about you know I may or may not know character names. Uh-huh. Bailey is not a, a character name I, I, I remember. Yeah, don't get used to. So, him. Yeah, yeah, don't. don't I like. You've seen I, the last of them pretty yeah. much. So yeah. Yeah, who knows if we ever see him again? But, I don't know. Um, we might. We might not. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you the future of Star Trek. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's like, like that's kind of what I got out of it, right? Sure. Like the, the, the episode itself what w- was was awesome, you know. Okay. The, the climb was awesome. Okay. Folks, but you heard it here it, first. The episode was awesome. First episode but, ever. <laughs> but but then it just kind of it, 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 it cut off before I was expecting it to. Sure. Like I wasn't sitting there watching time looking, "Oh, we only have 2 minutes left. It's got to end soon." It, uh-huh. Like I was just sitting there enjoying it and it's like, "Oh, uh, credits. Okay, we're done." Right. Like they're, 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 I'm pretty sure back in the 60s they didn't do post-credit scenes. So uh-huh. like I didn't stick around for that, you know. This isn't a Marvel movie. <laughs> right. But 
uh yeah overall it it, it was it, it was an enjoyable episode all right all right i like it i like it i like that you like the first episode i hope that every episode that i pick you go <laughs> i liked that episode unless i tell you hey warning this is a bad episode but we're gonna watch it anyway because of something For else that reason. it has yep. yeah uh and there will be some of those on the course of this journey by the way but uh no i i'm, I'm really glad um that that you had that now uh, here in just a minute we're going to kind of dive down a little deeper and get into the nitty gritty mm-hmm. you know what are the specific things that you liked or didn't like or or you know what did you pull from the episode um yeah. you know why do you think this might be a uh a show that like i said is is perennially in one of the top five episodes of the original series and some people would even say in all of star trek i don't know that i'd go that far but <laughs> uh some i mean it's it's this is a beloved episode of star trek um but I'll ask you, like, as you're watching it, you're kind of, okay, wait a minute. What's this? What's that? What's happening here? Like, what are some of the questions you had maybe that, that sprinkled to the surface while you were watching this episode? I, for, first thing I wondered, um, that the, the, there's a flashing red light. I mean, it's a ginormous red sure. light, if you ask me. Right in I between mean, Bailey and Sulu there on the, the yes, front console. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, right up there. Yep. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it, its purpose is or what it signifies because I, I've seen it a couple of times now, mm-hmm. but I feel that like every time it goes off, mm-hmm. it's for a different situation. Okay, sure. Yeah, like I, I can't draw a necessarily a, a, a strong common thread between all these situations. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know if there is a good explanation for that or if it's just they're kind of all purpose. Oh, something's happening. Pay attention to me, light. Yeah, you you pretty much nailed it. I mean, it <laughs> it, it de- depends on what the writers needed it for that or the director needed it for in that particular episode. I think in general, um, there is a it goes off whenever we go to something called red alert. Okay. Okay. Or or some Wait. some variation of a color of alert. Okay, and, have, and, yeah. and maybe that's something that they improve upon too. But uh-huh. th- th- there was a line in this one where. where um, I think it was just like we are at now at condition alert, right? And I'm like, right, right. Alert is not a condition. <laughs> well, uh, in the I, '60s, it was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that was just a little stretch on the writing writers sure. getting used to things yet. But sure, but like I said, if they start adding colors, like that, that, that would make more sense. You know, red alert or something. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that's a little more. Uh, that feels better than just we're at condition alert. Right, right. I, that, 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 that just stood out. I'm like, mm, yeah. nah, 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 I think it's that. mostly it's what you said. It's uh, hey, something's going on. Pay attention to me. Yeah, here's a shot for the for for the watchers for the audience mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's something happening. Um, I you're also gonna see it. All right, let's. Uh, every question you have, Matt. Just so you know, and, and you're going to have to help me delineate these. There's going to be the, okay, what's the real world answer? Mm-hmm. And then what's the in-universe answer? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the real uni- the real world answer is it, it was a directorial choice to say it's to clue us in as the, the, the yeah, viewer. Yeah. Right? The in-universe, they have – and some some things, by the way, and they're actually not some. There's a lot of things, I think particularly with uh, the original series. Because mm-hmm. you imagine we're in the 60s, the space race is on. Yep. Okay. Yep. The we haven't say, what, landed on the moon yet when okay. they're making this. We have not landed on the moon yet. I I, I was just 
thinking about that. And yeah. that was in fact, I will I will tell you uh, there is an episode that <laughs> fairly accurately predicts our landing on the moon. Okay, in the original series, and it's it's just one of those like when you do the math on it, and you go, "Whoa, that's amazing," <laughs> um, because that's what that could be. So anyway, uh, but but we'll get there. We're not there yet. Yep. Um, but there there are some things when you just sit back and you go, "These are people in the '60s thinking of what it's going to be like several hundred years into the future." Yeah, they're not going to explain everything. It's just the hey, this is what's happening in that world, and it should feel somewhat normal. Yeah. And we're not going to explain all those because it doesn't really matter. Like, and those I, lights flashing would be kind of one of those things. Well, yeah, it's. It, it's I, I guess I just felt like that. That light should have been like, oh, okay, we're approaching something. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a, like a proximity sensor type of thing. Sure. So it could be a ship. It could be an asteroid. It could be. It, but then I, I could be wrong about this. But I thought maybe once it was like you know when when somebody was like hailing them or whatever, like mm-hmm. it, it started flashing. Like I, I. I it just seemed kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And like, to me, it feels like it should be, you know, the kind of that proximity and center, some sort of danger. I mean, it's red. That's so, I mean, something bad in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll keep what you've said in mind. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm still going to, it's going to be one of those things that I still pay attention to and see how they use it going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I will kind of give it a, a little more of a leash there. All right, there you go. Uh, yeah, so that's that's that. Uh, anything else that you kind of had that you stuck out and went, oh, what's going on here? Um, I can't say that I really had had too many questions on yeah. this one. You don't you don't have enough Star Trek history for things to start. And, and yeah. I mean, kind of what I'm fishing for in this segment is, uh, you know. I think one of the one of the fun things about Star Trek, mm-hmm. um, and it can get annoying to some people. I think it's fun is you sit there and you go, "Now wait a minute!" It three episodes ago they said <laughs> this, but now they're saying that. Or he was this rank then, but now he's this rank here. Like sure. you know, kind of pointing out some of their own internal inconsistencies, of which there are many in Star Trek. Um, but, you know, but there's a, now wait a minute. How does it work? With, it, it's all that stuff that actually made William Shatner shout, shout back to people, "Hey, get a life." Like, but it's just fun. Like, I, it, it's yeah, just part yeah, of the yeah. fandom. Like, it's fun to go. No, wait a minute. How does that work? Yeah. Or how did that work? And and uh, the, you know, there's some of those things that I'm kind of fishing sure, for. Sure. You just haven't yeah. watched enough yet. You've had uh, one episode uh, under your belt. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I will. I will keep my eyes open for those type yeah. of things too. Yeah. Um. W- w- one other thing, I I did mm-hmm. want to see if 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 there was an explanation for, or if I missed something, or if it's running joke. I don't know. Okay. Um. But. The, when they were, I, I guess they were kind of without power for some reason, and mm-hmm. this uh, uh, Kirk's lady friend came in mm-hmm. with coffee, right? Like Yeoman. right, yeah, 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 like right in the middle of everything. Sure, and and like he made a comment, like, like I thought the power in the kitchen was down or something. It's like, oh, I mm-hmm. figured out this way to do it, and but I'm just like they're in the middle of a crisis, and she's serving coffee sure like did did someone order that coffee is this a normal thing do, do they often drink coffee i like it just because i i don't think it was really addressed anywhere else then either like mm-hmm. no one asked for it they he almost took a sip of it and then they like left the ship i'm like what what, what was the point did i miss something mm-hmm. yeah so so she was a yeoman and okay. Uh, effectively, now I, I have to confess, I am not a military person. Um, 
so I I'm not a I don't fully know what a yeoman does in the military today, but yeah. as far okay. as I can tell in Star Trek, okay? <laughs> okay, and 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 you should understand Starfleet is a military arm. It's a it's a military arm of the something called the Federation, which we haven't actually heard that word applied to us yet. <laughs> okay, just so you know, it, it's coming. It's okay. the big thing. We are the Federation. Yep. Uh, here they called us the United Earth. Uh, that's the United Earth ship. It's yes. not the Federation Star Yes. Ship. Okay. Uh, Which I have a question about too. Okay. But, but yeah. Thanks just, for bringing that uh, up. Let me. Maybe I can head that off for you. The writers haven't come off with come up with the word Federation yet. Okay. Okay. They'll get there. Like eventually, they'll sit around so, and go, "All right, we've got to figure out a better name for this." And yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's part of it. But like he he when he was contacting the other ship the first time sure. immediately, like yeah, he called it the United Earth ship Enterprise. Uh-huh. But then. Like two minutes later, he did call it the USS Enterprise. Sure, and, and so and USS USS is United Starship. Okay, okay, or thank you for clarifying that because like yeah. I mean, yeah, so it's not United States. No, no, no. Because like living <laughs> living in the U.S., obviously that's the first place my mind goes. Uh-huh. But because uh, because then when when he first said United Earthship, mm-hmm. like I kind of thought like okay they're trying to to you know not place it just specifically in the US which right. may or may not exist in their their time frame anymore but yeah united earth it's mm-hmm. like okay that United Earth is going to be a thing. Got it. Yeah. Click. And, then, and yeah, I'm glad you know. picked. I'm glad you picked up on that because that is a part of the the future that mm-hmm. Gene Roddenberry is paint, is painting for mankind. That in the future we as a planet are going to get past all of our stupid bickering and all of our wars, and we're gonna we're gonna supersede poverty. And uh, you know, it, it's people are just gonna be taken care of. Um, yeah. And there's some other things I'm not gonna mention right now because it'll be mentioned later, and I want to see your reaction when we get to that. Part. But um, all right, you know. But we as we as a world will will rise above what we have been so far in our history, and and we will be united as a people. Um, now, I, I, I often say, and I will continue to say that Star Trek is a product of its time. Yes, and it is meant in many many ways to serve as an allegory for whatever we're dealing with today. All right, mm-hmm. the the current Star Trek that is being made is dealing with and facing issues that is true to yours and mine society today. Yeah. Okay. And they're dealing with it, except in saying, "Hey, this is the United States, and here are these other countries. It's here's the Federation, and here's all these other cultures from other planets." Yeah. Okay. Um, I I think possibly, and I I don't know. I'd, you'd have to go back and talk to some of the writers from back then, uh, and maybe they have, and and I've just never seen it. <laughs> but I've always been under the assumption um, the Federation in the '60s represented America. Okay, it represented us as America. Okay, and when you look at some of the alien cultures that we encounter, some are going to be friendly, some are going to be strange, sure. and some are going to be enemies. And yep. in many ways, there could be direct correlate. Like those guys over there represent the Russians, and those guys represent the whoever else we're mad at, the the Germans, and those people represent the whatever. Um, yep. You know, and and it even goes so far as to later on, like you know, they they represent certain uh, religious groups and stuff that we have here. Okay. Uh, that, that that you know, it's it's not a direct correlation, but it, it you certainly see, and you go, oh, that's who that's kind of modeled <laughs> after. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, and so I 
I think when they to bring this back to the USS, you know, obviously today the way here in the United States where you and I both live, mm-hmm. uh, we name all of our ships the USS. Yep. Whatever. Uh, to use that terminology back then in the '60s was a hey, we're we're a United Earth, uh, but it's really us. Yeah. Literally us. Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yes. So the puns are bad you. with me. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Matt. <laughs> The longer the, the the older that my kids grow, the worse my jokes get. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so so yeah. So you had that. Uh, anything else? Like so you you picked up on that. I love that idea. Um, any other questions or anything you had uh, before we dial down? Uh, not right now. Okay. If cool. I had another one, I'll I'll no. find it later. Please don't make them up for my sake. Please don't. <laughs> uh, okay. So so let's let's dive down into this episode. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I'm I'm down to here. Like, what specifically stood out to you? What did you like? Uh, maybe even what did you not like? Um. You know, how did this episode leave you? How how did you you know feel about this episode? As I mean, they they jumped right into it, right? But they they, mm-hmm. they had this floating rubik's cube of death thing going on <laughs> okay and i like that i think we should call this, this is this is the aka the corporate <laughs> maneuver aka the floating rubik's cube of death i that, that that's the first thing that crossed my mind and i, I like yeah, I, I, I like don't it know exactly when the rubik's cube was invented but I, and yes I, for anybody out there i know it's not actually a rubik's cube it's just a cube but the, the, the fact that it had all the colors on the different sides made me think of it um so they like 1974 by the way there you go specifically i was thinking 70s so uh, yeah yeah, it wasn't quite there yet in any case so this is once again star trek (laughs) predating and predicting the future star trek will predict the future matt i'm telling you yes yes and the things that star trek predicts just hasn't occurred yet that's Mm -hmm. all it is it's all coming sorry go ahead all right um so i like i liked how they set it up because it 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 put this instant mystery in front of me and the 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 ravenclaw in me just wanted to figure it all out (laughs) fair enough seriously because okay like i i I was sitting there and like as i started going through things and like Mm -hmm. explaining what the cube was doing and how it kind of followed them around and you know tried to like block them and stuff and Mm -hmm. like then even when they like started speeding up and stuff like the cube started reacting to that Mm -hmm. like like just given all the information that i had i could not explain this i could not come up with an explanation even with me making up rules you know Mm -hmm. i i didn't have a good explanation for it sure and i wanted one and so like i was hooked right then and there and it's like okay i i you can make up your own explanation for how or why this is working, but I want to know what that is. So I'm sticking around. Right. Sure. Um, so that was cool. Uh, that the, the one thing that did get me a little bit during the sequence though, was like, I, I understand they were trying to imply that this cube was bad or evil or something, or at, at least, you know, mysterious. Right. Mm-hmm. And so anytime came up on screen there's instantly this super overly dramatic music yes 
And I'm like, okay, that I, I, I already got the idea. You don't need to like uh-huh. pound it into my head that like, I, I understand what you're getting at here. The, the, the overly dramatic music, like every time it came on screen, mm-hmm. just kind of made me laugh at it. And like, now it doesn't yep. seem as evil. Yeah. <laughs> right. That, and, and I don't think that's what you're going for. Right. So, so. I have, I have talked to people who saw this episode in real time on TV mm-hmm. as a kid growing up. Sure. Like in the 60s. Yes. And yes. and like that music that you're talking about, even the the puppet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That looks, I mean, by our standards today, is it's just, oh, it's horrible. The effect is I, just, it's bad. It looks horrible. Mm-hmm. But it actually turns out later on in the episode, it is a puppet. So. Yep. But um, that's, if you, if you, as you go through and watch the rest of Star Trek, the, the original series, mm-hmm. uh, whenever it cuts to the end credits, you will see a picture of that puppet. Like, like really? that picture sticks around. But they talk about how utterly terrifying that was back then. And and to even even go forward, like, to where to where we meet the little kid, and mm-hmm. we're going to get to that little kid eventually, because I'm going to tell you who that is if you didn't know. Um, sure. You will know the name, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, where he's, like, speaking with a voice, they were saying how well that effect was. Like, it looked yeah, amazing. Yes. You and I are no. like, oh, my gosh, really? Well, 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 but, like, 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 that part in particular, I mean, from the puppet to the kid yeah, yeah i th- i think that was very well done i i'm just talking about the cube sequence yeah. like it, it it's it started to get kind of ridiculous and okay yeah, see maybe- i find, i personally find as a as a watcher in in the 2000s uh-huh i find all of that ridiculous i mean we're 50 <laughs> this this episode is over 50 years old now like yeah, yeah, yes yes and, 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 and i mean taking it in context at like at my age and uh-huh. and with everything i've seen like I, I i've i've gone through my horror movie phase so i've seen everything from the 60s to now sure and like it, it, like i i've been through that stuff and i like it doesn't phase me like it would have when i was six but uh-huh. uh I, I can still see and appreciate how how that that the the you know that evil quote unquote little kid and and the puppet and stuff uh, did kind of inspire some fear or you know it seemed at least creepy in some respect and like like, like I get that it, it was just the cube like I I thought they did a good job with it at the beginning mm-hmm. and then they just pushed a little too hard sure you know they pushed it off the edge. And it's like, yeah, you, you were trying a little bit too hard there. That's what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. Okay. Fair so, um, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, I, I told you I like tech, and I like seeing uh, not only where people think we're gonna be in the future uh-huh. in movies I'm watching now, but then going back and if I'm watching something older, I mean, even just like the Jetsons, right? Sure. You know, that was futuristic, and you know, they, they, they things that they thought we would have mm-hmm. and um even uh, people forget about this a lot but like inspector gadget oh yeah you know he he had the video watch as well oh sure like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have that nowadays awesome yeah. cool you got it right so so i'm always looking out for that <laughs> we stuff. just got it earlier than you thought we would <laughs> yes yeah um and something that clicked when i was watching here was they like they don't make a big deal about it but like mm-hmm. they have like um essentially like video phones video intercoms mm-hmm. between across the ship right sure and I, I like i appreciate that they didn't like make the image all grainy or anything it's like mm-hmm. it, they just 
put the, the, <laughs> the camera shot, pasted it on the screen here and said, hey, that's what it's going to look like. And that's fantastic because that's technology that we we do have, you know, like voice chat and stuff like you and I are doing right now. Right. But what you mean? We're not in the same room. With each other? <laughs> they, they, no they, they, they made it seem, you know, ba- basically better than we have now. Mm-hmm. Like flip a switch. It's there mm-hmm. and it, it's crystal clear. There, there, there's, there's no buffering. There's no graininess. There's you're not worried about picture quality at all. It, like it was perfect. I mean, now the, the box that contained that picture, obviously we've improved upon. Sure. But like I, I would say that that technology there is something that we haven't quite even accomplished yet. Like right. we still yeah, have yeah. room for improvement where we are today. Yeah. So I just like to see that, like they, they are definitely on the right path. Yeah. The question and, I, I got to tell you the, the, and, and I'm a, I'm a tech guy. And by that, mm-hmm. I mean like I, I actually run tech stuff like sure, it, for sure. events and things like that, cameras and soundboards and lighting systems and stuff like that. And the, the one question I always have with um, the, the video communication Mm-hmm. that you talk about is I want to know, okay, where is the camera that's facing them? Yep. And, and like, you know, who is the cameraman? Like, <laughs> like that's one thing I want to know. Who is the actual cameraman? Uh, because there's, there's some wild stuff with that. Uh, you know, um, it, it's just sure. something that makes, I don't know if anybody else ever thinks about it, but for me, it, it 100% like, mm-hmm. who, who's following that person as they're moving around the room. <laughs> like, <laughs> Somebody's yeah. got to be controlling that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and th- this episode, I caught one other piece of tech, too. Okay. Did you notice the AirPods? Oh. Oh, I never thought of them as AirPods. You're they talking about totally the You're talking AirPods. about Uhura and uh, Bailey's earpieces. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, they just look – I mean, they, except they, they, they look as big and bulky as awkward as everybody thought the AirPods were going to be when they were first announced. I'm like – they, you know, they showed yeah. them off and they're like, who's going to wear that? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if they looked like these here in Star Trek, I'd be questioning who's going to wear that. Sure. But, <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, it's essentially the 1990s version of the AirPods because, you know, the 90s cell phone was that big, chunky block, brick. Right. The right? Zach Morris phone, as I yes, call it. Yes, the Zach yeah. Morris phone. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. That, that That's, I feel if they had quote unquote airpods in the 90s that actually existed not Uh you know just for tv like that's what they would have looked like right okay so fair enough you still would have seen people using them but sure it'd be weird right right. um but yeah i i I have i I have never made that that connection to that with airpods before that's awesome that's awesome i love that i love that yeah that 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 that, that's I, I love looking at tech like that. It's like that because okay. it didn't click right away. I'm, but but like they kept like taking them out of their ear. I'm like, wait, that's not connected to anything. Uh-huh. That's a wireless headphone, wireless earpiece. You sure. know, it's, that that's exactly what it is. Um, so so that was cool. Um, yeah, the the cube, lots of the cube. There was a lot of the cube. Yep. Yep. Um, Kirk it, it has a similar diet to my own. Keep avoiding those green leaves. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like there's a, I, I, I don't know if this is 
foreshadowing or not, but you know, it, it starts with him in sick bay going through a physical, uh-huh. you know, and the doctor has Which him doing was, some stuff, huh? Yeah, what, yeah, what was that thing? Oh, the the upside down stairmaster yeah, that he had. I, like, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Is, is that our futuristic exercise? I guess. No, hey, listen, I, it's using okay. gravity of a machine. You're pushing Ma- against maybe, gravity, I guess. I, uh, yeah, but you're in. It gives you a better. Uh, I guess you have gravity on the ship. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they. They have artificial gravity on those ships. There's, yeah. They, they. You know. Every sci-fi show. You have to. Right. Sure. It's, yes. Um. But. But he's sitting there, and it's while he's pumping that inverted stairmaster. That he goes, "You're killing me. You're killing me." And then, like, <laughs> the whole episode is there under the threat of death, like the yep. whole time. Right. Yeah. Um. And then with the doctor, did you pick up on what the doctor said as Kirk was leaving? Uh. Because it's oh about talking to himself. No, no, no. Even before that, <laughs> because it, it's it's the precursor to the doctor's most famous uh, utilized line that I'm sure even you have heard. We didn't Maybe. quite get it, and it's a, okay. You, fill fill in the blank. Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a. Have you ever heard this phrase? Somebody go. Damn it, Jim. I, I'm a doctor, not a lawyer. I, I'm a doctor, I, not a not a chef. I'm a yeah, you know, like yeah. fill in the blank, whatever it is you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not a water purification expert. I'm a doctor. I, or, you know, I I, I I'm, I'm thinking I've heard it. I just never connected it to Trek. Okay, so it's a hundred percent from Trek, and it's a hundred percent from this doctor, Bones McCoy. Doctor McCoy, he's the guy who's going to say this phrase. Okay? okay, and what he said in this one is he goes, "What do I look like?" Am I? Or he says, "What am I? A doctor or a moon shuttle conductor?" I like yeah, so it's that, it's, that it's the precursor. Thing. It's a precursor to that. Yeah. Am okay. I a moon shuttle conductor? So okay, so so, so yeah. Bones is one of the names I've heard before. Yes, but I'm assuming that's not his real name. No, it is not. Okay. Do we get a real? Is, is that a, is, is that a secret? Or? It is no. It's not a secret. Um, okay. It's it's uh, Henry actually. Okay. Uh, put it together. His name is Doctor Hank McCoy. That that's what I was thinking. No, it's not. I'm just joking. I'm just. Everybody <laughs> out there is like, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, his name his his name is Leonard McCoy. Okay. It's, it's actually it's Leonard McCoy. Bones is is just his nickname. Yeah, you know, he's a doctor, so doctors get nicknames, right? So no, it's it's uh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, Hank McCoy is a, Hank McCoy is a, a, a big blue monster on X Men. <laughs> if you didn't catch it, I, I, yeah, nerd oh, fandom oh, yeah. crossing I, over here, Matt. That's that's I what I love this Hank is. McCoy, and that's why I'm like, wait, they wouldn't actually do that. Yeah, steal no, no, a name no, like it's, that. It's uh, it's it's Leonard McCoy. Um, now uh, while you're here, let's go ahead and talk about him because you've done this, and I think this is something that's important for you to know as we go forward. Um. Much like in your Harry Potter world mm-hmm. that you like, uh, there is a trio in Star Trek okay. that that are um, kind of the they're they're going to be the three main guys through sure. through which the adventures take place. Were you able to pick up on who those three are? Well, I would assume the captain. Yes, he would be one. Uh, since you just brought it up when we were talking about bones, I'm going to go with bones. Sure, and just. Based on main characterness, uh-huh. I would. It's not a hard venture. Test. 
Spock. There you go. It, it is going to be those three. And I, I will give you something that I want you to watch for as we go forward. Okay. okay. Between those three. I don't know how familiar you are with Freud or psychology or, or any of those. And, and to be quite honest, I'm not super. So people don't, don't yeah, email I, me I, and, and yell at me if I get this exactly wrong. Took one semester of psychology in high school. You and I were the same. And mine was a 6 a.m. Yeah. class. <laughs> so you imagine how great I paid attention. But I did, yep. I did quite enjoy it. But the, the general idea is those three, much like Ron, Harry, and Hermione in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Harry Potter people ever actually thought about it this way. <laughs> um, but together they make up um, kind of the, the singular person. Okay? okay. You have the in, – in, in psychology they call it the ego, the superego, and the id. All right? You have the – there's the, the center person, like the who you are. It mm-hmm. is the ego, okay? And that's generally going to be represented by the captain. That's the one who has to make the decision, move forward, live, die, whatever. Like, that's it right there. Then there's the super ego part, which is like, that's the, the emotional side of everything. That's the the emotional brain. Yeah. And then you have the id, which is like the logical side of everything with no sure. emotion. And then that ego kind of smushes them together, you know, and is the one that makes the decision. Well, that's really what you get here. You have you have Kirk, who is having to make the decision and, and move forward, and you've got Spock, obviously the super logical one super with no logic, emotion, yeah. and then you've got Bones, who is the the voice of reason and okay. and who has the the uh, the emotional bone. Forgive the pun <laughs> um, and, and his body. And you know, I would say the same thing if you look at the Harry Potter. You got Harry, and then you've got Hermione, who is that logical one, the super smart one, and then you got Ron, yep. who is the emotional one. And that's kind of for the writers. It, it's you know allow the internal dialogue that happens in a person's head to exist between these three people yeah and yeah, and you, parse it out that way and i think when you watch these these episodes going forward look at the conversations particularly when all three of them are together sure and and just view it I, i'm just curious to see if you see it that way as well um but I, I i i know that that's a lot of how they wrote the show um and that's a lot of what it's supposed to represent i'm just wondering yeah, how it that comes makes across sense, to you yeah. and i'll give that to you that's not a spoiler it's just to <laughs> look at it in that way um so uh, yeah so what what else did you pick up on in this episode as you're as you're moving forward like what else jumped out at you um so i i, I know you really liked the, the 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 floating rubik's cube of death but that <laughs> i mean then we had the golden disco ball of death oh I mean, yes yes like, like especially as it was approaching like as soon as they got really close to it, it, it definitely had more shape and more contours to it uh-huh. and stuff. But like coming up, it just like I don't. I, I'm I'm assuming they used miniatures to shoot this stuff when they're in space with the ship. Oh, it's and stuff. all computer graphic uh, uh, stuff. Okay, all right, well done, guys. 1967. Uh, <laughs> the computers were the size of your house. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, but it, it's. When it was approaching, it just reminded me like uh, an ornament I made in third grade, you know, the styrofoam ball when you put like the sequence on it with pins. Okay. And that's what it looked like if someone just put gold sequence on the entire thing. I'm like, all right, this is, uh, is this supposed to be intimidating? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, th- th- they go on to explain the size and the mass of it and stuff. I'm like, okay, that, that's a big thing. Oh, it like has its own gravity. Okay, it's pulling them in. All right. So that 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 was – I'm not sure what to think of that exactly. Okay. Because it, 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 it was a new thing. And like the, the actual size of it, I don't have much to compare it to. Uh-huh. Like I don't know – with the numbers they gave me, I don't know how that compares to the Enterprise. I don't know how how that compares well, there, to there the was, cube. I don't know how that compares to a planet. Sure, like 
I mean, I, there I, there was a shot that showed the Enterprise. Yeah, very very tiny true. compared that's to it. True. Um, Did we have, but but I haven't seen like the Enterprise next to a planet, right? So enough. was this was this a planet sized ball or what was it smaller than that or mm-hmm. was it big was it bigger than that? I I I haven't necessarily seen that because I mean, like I said, yeah, I saw it next to Enterprise, but I haven't seen the Enterprise next to a planet, right? So it's a little hard to tell and i i mean i i don't know how exact they would try to be because once again like it the, the thing looked like it was huge and then at one point you know they were still like a thousand meters or kilometers i don't remember what they said actually away from it mm-hmm. and you know so it's like okay it's they're still not right up on it there's still some distance and it still looks huge so it's hard to tell but in any case it was interesting um but then when Kirk started giving a lot of orders, right? Okay. He, he, he wanted to try and do stuff. And now the, 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 the guys on the big golden ball obviously kept telling him, you know, stop trying to do stuff or we're going to kill you. Right. Basically. But in any case, he kept giving orders and Bailey was very slow to react. Uh-huh. And, and a lot of times he like didn't react at all. And I just had this thought as like, Bailey needs to go. Yeah, like, like I, I don't know if if this is normal for him. Like, I know Bones had had commented, like, you know, he's been overworked. You, you promoted him too quickly, and this sort of thing. But that just seemed like a weird escape. Um, I, I just felt that, like, if yeah, if you're if you're on sitting there on the bridge and the captain gives you an order, mm-hmm. like he, 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 it was almost like he was mesmerized by something out there and at first i i kind of wondered if that's where this was going like mm-hmm. what was something they were doing like taking control of the mind of the crew but they, mm-hmm. i mean never went that direction so like i at that point in particular when when, when especially after all this went down and we you know found out that wasn't a thing mm-hmm. uh, i'm just like i I'm kind of glad that Bailey's going to be going because right. he, he's not a crew he's, member I want on board. He's not quite ready to handle the stress here yet. Yeah. 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 And, and so, yeah. I, I, like, I don't know if that is just part of the story, you know, that they, they were mm-hmm. playing that, that aspect up. So, you know, w- w- when they get rid of him at the end of the episode, it, it it's, it, it feels good feels better at that point like you don't feel like you know oh we're gonna send spock off here you go Mm -hmm. farewell spock maybe we'll see you later right like that 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 would seem weird to me yeah i mean spock has to be here for next week's episode (laughs) (laughs) is is effectively you know uh you you've got to you've got to give them that uh you know that guy who doesn't have to come back Mm -hmm. right uh and and do keep in mind this is this is uh episodic non-serialized television like there yeah. is yeah random crew member of the week there is bad guy of the week but watch these in any order it doesn't matter you know what well, like ra- random crew member is one thing uh-huh but like i would separate uh, like anyone who's uh has has a seat on the bridge sure i guess I feel should not be random. Like they should be there week to week to week. Mm-hmm. That's that's fair. And and so let's talk about the people on the bridge. Okay. Okay. Because you're you're just you're getting to know these people. Like yeah, you, you've heard these different things. Let's let's bring some by. So obviously you have Captain Kirk, yep. right? Sits in his little fancy chair. 
uh, behind. <laughs> which, by the way, if you ever happen to be out in Seattle, they have that at the Sci-Fi Museum in Seattle. Really? They, they have a, actually a really cool Star Trek. Actually, that museum's cool. If you like sci-fi, for anybody out there, if, if you like sci-fi, the Sci-Fi Museum in Seattle is, is fantastic. It's well worth okay. your time to go through. And they do. They have the chair from the original Enterprise that, right. that you see there. And they have some other things. They have phasers and different things <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you have Captain Kirk. Uh, we already mentioned Spock. Yep. Spock is the first officer. Okay. Just so you know. Um, he is uh, Vulcanian, as they tell us, or Vulcan. Uh, he yep. is not human. Um, that, 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 that is one thing I've always known. You may have, I, I yes, mean, yes. growing up as a kid, you, 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 that was wrong. That wow. was wrong, yes. Yes, for, for, for those of you who are not watching the video side of this, because this is an audio <laughs> podcast, not a video podcast, Matt just tried to put up the Vulcan salute, except uh, his first finger and middle finger were not exactly together. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't, I, but at I least mean, you caught it. At least you caught it. That, you yeah, know. I mean, but that's, that's, that's one of the things, like, uh-huh. uh uh, that was a playground thing, sure. you know, in, in elementary school. Sure. It, it's like you 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 figure out how to make your hand do this because it's mm-hmm. not necessarily a natural formation right. for your hand. Right. But here's my question: Does the thumb stay up close to the thing, or does it hang out like this? Does I think it stay I, right up next to the knuckle, I, or does it shoot out? I think I've always put it uh, up next to the well, knuckle. Watching the show, find out. I I'll I will have to, to I, I will have to watch for that because I <laughs> because it matters, Matt. It matters. I, to those I, of us who care, I was gonna say that, that that could very well be a thing, and I could see it being like a cultural thing too. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like there are Vulcans who do and Vulcans who don't. There you go. It just depends on what part of Vulcan yeah. you're from. Most yes. how you do it. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, West Vulcanians. Are... Do you know what Vulcans and, would say about that? That's illogical. Ha. That's illogical. Ha. Why would you do it like that? Anyway, um, so you have you have Spock, you have uh, you have them. You also have um, you have Bones. Yep. Who doctor. is the doctor? Yeah, he is the doctor. He's the only one on the ship who can give the captain an order. Um, so, so, I don't know so, how often they use that in TOS. Though. Mm, that, that's it comes. That's it comes. It comes yeah. You deal with doctors and captains throughout the entire run of Star Trek. Uh-huh. The and they're the doctor is the only person on the ship that can give the captain an order. Why is that? Because the captain is the captain. Like like because but, but, because the captain's no, no, not no, a doctor. Like, the the, the no, doctor. No, why, can, can why can the doctor give the captain orders? Because if it's if it's a medical issue, the doctor okay. the doctor can override the captain when it comes to a medical issue okay and, it ha- and it's very clear of that it's got to be a medical issue i, I was gonna say yeah. so so it's, it, it's not like you know the captain says hold your fire and the doctor says no shoot them yeah no no, no 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 it's not that no <laughs> okay, you gotta listen okay. to the captain on that one right um but the and and often the captain or the, i'm sorry the doctor holds a rank of commander okay okay they, they often do um i'll be real honest and this makes me a bad trekkie i don't off the top of my head know what bones's actual rank is um okay. I, I i would assume he's a lieutenant I, commander i don't know i, I actually don't um, so, well, I mean, it, t- telling you that isn't going to help a lot because I'm not yeah. super familiar with all my military ranks, so I wouldn't even know where it, you know, yeah. goes necessarily. So, oh, but I, I, one thing I can help you if if they have the word commander, mm-hmm. it, lieutenant commander, commander, or captain, they can run the ship. Okay. All right. If they're just a, a lieutenant or an ensign or something like that, they're a little bit lower on okay. the thing, and you can tell their rank in the original series by the number of stripes they have on their sleeves. Okay. That's where they'll do that. Later on, it's going to move to little pips on the neck. Um, okay. But for right now, it's just uh, uh, stripes on the sleeves. 
I, I, I did I, notice they had stripes on their yeah. sleeves. I didn't think anything of it or yeah. notice if they had different numbers. Yeah. But it's like in the military today. It, it you know it could be yeah, stars on the, your shoulder or whatever yeah, emblems they use. Mm-hmm. You know, it just represents your rank. So um, so you so you have that, but then you also so, have so, so, so j- yep. just quickly with, with with Doctor sure. Um, like we started talking about people on the bridge. Like he's obviously a, a central crew member that we've talked about now, uh-huh. but he most of the time isn't necessarily like he doesn't have a seat on the bridge, right? Right. Like his area is down in the medical sick bay, right? Sick bay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But he, I mean, he he will be on the bridge. Sure. Like you know. I mean, we've seen him there a number of times just because I think that's you know where most of the action takes place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's one of their main set pieces. It's like I said, it's a sixty show. They don't have mm-hmm. twelve different set pieces for every show. Right. But I don't. Yeah. I don't think they ever actually say what his. Just for the record, they don't say what his actual rank is. His title is he's the chief medical officer. Okay. On 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 board, but I don't know how that actually goes to whatever his rank specifically sure. is, or if they even gave him a rank back then. Yeah. Um, yeah maybe not. You know. But but in military terms, you're uh, uh, it, uh, he's a lieutenant commander. Yes, lieutenant commander is what he right. does. So all right, uh, so he could command the starship. You know, you, you as a commander, you have to be able to you, know, you have to know the operations of the ship and be able to command mm-hmm. it. Uh, so so uh, so there it goes. So anyway, uh, so you've got Kirk, you've got Spock, you've got Bones, and we already talked a little bit earlier. They kind of form the the trio. Yep. There, uh, but you also have um, Lieutenant Uhura. Um, yep. who is the, the African-American female who is behind. And just think, this is 1967, and you have an African-American female on the bridge of a starship. Yep. And she's the communications officer yeah. for the ship. Um, <laughs> Back yeah. then, she checked two boxes. She you know, she did. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was a very... A very real thing. Also, a very real thing. You have an Asian pilot or helmsman in oh, Sulu. Sure enough, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and and that will be a thing. Um, as as Sulu will be that the guy who sits next to Sulu. So we, so, wait, wait, yeah. What you said, helmsman. He's That's the helmsman. Like his, he's the driver. Title. Yeah, he's okay. the driver. He's the guy who drives. Yep. So and and typically, so the two guys who sit in front of the captain, you typically have the pilot or the helmsman yep. uh, who drives, and then you have like the navigator. Yeah, you know they kind of help. You know, court those. They also like watch a lot of the sensors sometimes. Although it seems like everybody on the bridge can watch the sensors, so <laughs> I'm not really. It seems whoever the the script calls for can read what the sensors say. Well, yeah, yeah. Like Spock, a lot of times seems to be talking about the sensors because sure. he always says it kind of funny. Sure. Sens- sensors, the sensors, right? And and by the way. Spock is the science officer on the ship okay. as well. He is, and and the the if you notice the color of their uniforms yep. represent the division they're in. Um, so science is blue, so that's where you have the doctor is blue. Spock is blue. Sure. Yep. Those yep. are the sciences. Um, command is gold. Okay. Okay. Or command and uh, yeah is is gold. So that's going to be the captain and very few other people wear yeah. gold. Uh, but then the other color is red, and you're familiar with the red shirts. I'm mm-hmm. sure that that yeah, concept. I, I, I've I've heard that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and that's going to be basically uh, ship operations. So that's and that's the other major crew member we have so far, which is Scotty, who's our chief engineer. Yep. Okay. So the senior staff, and and as we go through Star Trek, the show really tends to focus on the senior staff of whatever group we are. That's our main 
main sure. set of characters. So yeah. you're going to have the captain, the first officer, the doctor, the chief engineer, the helmsman, uh, you know, security officers are going to be another big one um, that, that pops up later on. It's not quite there yet. Uh, <laughs> that, that comes in later. Still working uh, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you'll, you'll, you'll catch those. But that's, that's kind of the core of the crew. Now, there is one more member of the original series crew that we have not met yet. Okay. And we won't get to him for several episodes, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about him. But he will become right. um, a uh, basically it's the it's gonna be the navigator position that will be a rotating spot. Just so you know, um, so, so, so taking Bailey's spot, right, right, right. That'll be a rotating spot for a while, uh, but it will eventually settle out into a single person. Okay, um, and uh, uh, you'll know that person. I'll, I'll tell you if you don't pick <laughs> up on it when that person yeah. arrives. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's your crew. That's the crew of the Enterprise. Those are our guys. That, All right. That you should know. Um, I, I'm curious as, as we kind of start to round out the show here, though. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you, you know, I often talk about how this is an allegory for life. This is, these are meant to teach us lessons. Yeah. And this one, it, it very much has that. I'm, I'm curious what you picked up on, if anything at all, as far as that goes. I mean, I, I know it's something you, you kind of asked me to watch out for a little bit. And sure. I, I, I can't say that, like, I didn't really pick up on a lot because, like I said, I, that ending came up on me so quick. Sure. And like, I, 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 I mean, they, it was basically all dialogue for the last two minutes. It wasn't like a big fight or something. Sure. So, I mean, th- there was a few things that you could have picked up on, but I mean, like I said, it, it, at the top of the show, it's kind of, it's, I, I kind of just felt like they're almost reiterating what, you know, the enterprise is here to do. Sure. Like, like that, that that's all that I felt really happened. Like th- this kid wants company, they're going to exchange information and, right. and both learn from that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, if, if, if you're looking for more than that, I think I, I think I missed it. OK, so there there is a line specifically that I want to point out um, sure. because I it, it's it's such a great line. And in honestly, it means a lot. Like, I kind of feel like everybody in America today, as we record this, and we're going to try to keep this evergreen. Like, I, I don't want to yes, reference yes. too much of today. Uh, but I feel like you could actually say this. Uh, take any decade, any time, <laughs> and s- make the same statement. We need to go watch this episode collectively as a country today. Yeah. Okay. I uh, Just given on what's happening in our in our world. And, and uh, you know, here's what you have. You, you have Baylock, who is holding the, the Enterprise hostage. Right. And at some point, the tables get turned and Balok is fleeing and his his ship is about to explode. Right. In theory. In theory. Right. As far as we know, in the moment, his ship (laughs) is about to explode. Yes. Okay. And there is a conversation that happens on the Enterprise, on the on the crew of the Enterprise of should we save this guy that was getting ready to kill us or let him blow up? Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. And and, you know, Kirk has this this great line where he says we have an opportunity to demonstrate what our high sounding words mean. In fact, I think he says yes. it's a Spock at first uh, or I forget exactly who he says. He says, what is our mission? What's yeah. our mission to seek out strange new life, to to make contact? Mm-hmm. And we now have an opportunity to to live out what our high sound or to demonstrate what our high sounding words mean. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that phrase did hit me. Cause I, I, I remember thinking I, uh, I've never heard the phrase high sounding words. Like I yeah. knew exactly what he meant. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think right. that's a phrase I've ever heard so, before. You know, I think you have a, you have a stated vision and goal and uh, value 
you know, companies have that, you know, what are their core values? Sure. You have a, a stated value as an organization of Starfleet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or the Federation of we are inclusive. We value all life. Um, you know, we we believe in letting people live as they are and we don't have to force our culture on them. Um, but also we, you know, we value life and we we believe yeah. that we can be friends with everybody out there. We don't have to be in them. Yeah. Um, but you just made me really mad and tried to kill me. So I'm just going to let you die. <laughs> Right. And and, you know, Spock says, hey, what if this is a trap? Or Bailey says, you know, what if this is a trap? Because Kirk says, we're going to go rescue him. We're going to go get him. We're going to rescue him. And and they say, what if it's a trap? And and that's the conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and I I love the idea that Kirk's like it could be a like he recognizes and, this and could be a trap, why, and that's why he he forces Spock to stay. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Ju- just in case it's a trap, yeah, fine. But I'm still going out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but so we find ourselves in a spot where lives are at stake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and actually, I think this is another line I wrote down. He said, "Lives, there are lives at stake. By our standards, they're alien lives, yep. but they're lives nevertheless." Mm-hmm. Right? And Kirk knew it could be a trap, but he chose, even though there's a danger. Yes. He didn't just say, well, it's, it, you know, something could possibly go wrong, so we're just going to go hands off. No, no, there's a danger to this, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, and, and, you know, it's worth the risk to your safety sometimes. Like, like if you have morals, if you have values as a country, as a nation, yep. um, it is worth taking a risk. You may have to take a risk, right? Yeah. Like, like you may have to take a risk to to keep up with what you say is a value, but... Um, you know, we have values here in America and I often say the Federation really is supposed to represent America. So let's talk about America. Yep. Yep. We, the people believe that all men are created equal endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. We have written on our monuments, bring me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. Mm -hmm. Right. We have, we have values as a country, um, that says that if you come here, you work hard. It doesn't matter where you come from. You can be something. That's the American dream. Right. And to, and, and it could come with a risk sure. of, of yeah. those things. Um, no risk, no reward. Exactly. Or as they say in my world right now, no risk it, no biscuit. Uh, <laughs> you know, and sometimes when you risk it, there is still no biscuit. Like yeah. it, it happens. I think Kirk also did the very responsible thing of saying, no, 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 Spock, because if this is a thing, I need you here. If this is a trap, I need you to come get me. But we're going to make a, we're going to take a risk. It mm-hmm. is dangerous, but to live out our morals and our values it's a risk worth taking. Sure. You know, and I think that that's a, I, I think that that's a lesson that, Absolutely. that we yeah. need to internalize. Yeah, and I'm not, makes, I'm not trying to be political over that. It just, no, no, you know, no. I, that, that, I think you're exactly right. That's, yeah. that's, that's what this episode is about. So, um, and Star I, Trek I, is a political show, so I, I don't necessarily <laughs> make apologies for getting that way, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so that's that's the the I, I think to me the biggest thing about the Corbin maneuver. Maneuver. Oh, and by the way, Kirk just one hundred completely one hundred percent BSing this guy. Oh yeah, I, I, like I, <laughs> I, I caught on to that <laughs> as soon as he's like you know not chess Spock poker, poker right, and, and then he spouts this off. I'm like. He, he's he's got to be bluffing yeah but like absolutely like no one none of the crew came out and said you know what are you talking about sir? right or anything like that you know they they just kind of went along with it it's mm-hmm. like oh oh I, I see what you're doing right except for spock because i'm like he didn't i guess he didn't actually know what poker was right right because they wanted to teach him how to play and stuff like that right. it's like um which i think they would destroy him because he would try to play logically and that's not gonna work but yeah there you um, go. 
So I, you know, I think, I think the other side of this, I guess, if we could learn a lesson is, you know, this is, this is a time when Kirk had to solve a problem using his mind, not with fists, not with phasers, Very not much with threat so. of violence. Yeah. He had to, you know, kind of, he had to use his brain to talk his way through it. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they tried the guns and it didn't work. Right. Like yeah, that exactly. just got them into hot water. All right, Matt. Well, we, we've come to the part of the show where we're going to kind of wrap this all, all up. Um, I, I don't exactly know how we want to do this. If we want to do ratings or, <laughs> or, or rankings or anything, I don't know that that's where, but I guess the, the ultimate question is, Matt, uh, is this an episode of Star Trek that you would want to watch again? I would say yes. I mean, I, like, even knowing, knowing how it ends, like, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it, 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 the the journey, the mystery that was there, that 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 build up that that they they gave me for right from the beginning when that cube popped up on the screen, sure, like it was worth it. I would mm-hmm. watch it again. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. And I think most of our listeners out there do as well, because honestly. Who doesn't want to just watch? That's the thing about Star Trek. Like, we love Star <laughs> We can just watch this again and sure. again and again and again and again. All right. Um, well, with that, uh, Matt, we have reached the end of our show, and it is now time for me to tell you what you are watching for next week. It's good to and know. And where we're going to go. And it, I'm actually a little amazed that this happened this early in the show, but you're actually <laughs> getting a double episode. Ooh. You're getting a part one and a part two. It's called The Menagerie, part one and part okay. two. Watch them together. Um, we will be discussing this as one solid episode, okay? But it, it is a two-parter. Um Lots of fun little little surprises with it. Uh, okay. Good show. This this episode, um, I th- I think it's a I think it's a good episode. Not great, um, <laughs> but this episode has some really historical significance to the overall Star Trek universe that you're going to want to be aware of. And like I, part of the litmus test for how I choose these is if you're standing in a circle of Star Trek people, is this episode <laughs> likely to get brought up? And the answer is yes. It is. Okay. 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 Uh, this, this is, you just, you need to know what the Menagerie episode was uh, to just to be, as you enter into your Star Trek nerddom. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> so that's what we're going to be watching. If you guys are watching it uh, along with us at home, the Menagerie parts one and two, that is what we're doing for next week. Um, there were some other episodes though, Matt, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for anybody out there who's kind of like, okay, wait, you, you skipped over like nine episodes. Okay. <laughs> are, are there any of those episodes worth watching? I, I'll call it extracurricular. We're not going to cover it on this show, um, yeah. you know. But if you do want to go back and watch a couple, there's there's one called the Man Trap, which is fine. Uh, where no man has gone before. It's it's episode four, I think, on Netflix. Uh, that is that second pilot that actually got the show picked up, but it's so tonally and substantively different, it, it, it <laughs> hardly qualifies. Uh, but it's there. And then there's another just fun one. It's just fun. It's called Mud's Women, um, and it, it, it's got a character in there. That it's he's just fun. It it's not it's not <laughs> an episode that i want to introduce somebody to star trek with sure okay but it, it, it is you know if you got extra time you're curious as to what it is that might be that might be one i'd kind of let the rest of them go you All know right. i i really would i i just wouldn't there are other people out there might um make an argument for the others but the, those are those are the the two oh you know where no man has gone before and um uh mud's women uh you could also say um the man trap uh hey charlie yeah yeah it's all it, <laughs> hey, we're 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 watching the good episodes so yep. um uh with that matt uh as we close out the show why don't you tell the folks if they want to get in touch with you uh where they can find you on the internet well you can always find me personally on uh twitter at as a matter of matt um 
Otherwise, yeah, I think you'll be able to contact me directly through the show email you that can, you have. You can do that because Matt, for right now, has access. Now, if you guys start emailing <laughs> in and you start talking about a lot of spoilers, and if you do, that's fine. Please put spoiler in the subject line so that Matt just knows to stay away from it because we're going to try yep. to keep him relatively spoiler-free as he goes through and experiences this show for the first time. Uh, but if we start getting too much of that, uh, Matt, I may just take control of the email away from sure. you. Uh, for obvious reasons but if you guys want to email in your thoughts on this episode or even another episode of uh star trek the original series this is the corbin might maneuver you can do that the email address it's pretty simple beam me up pod at gmail.com that's beam me up pod at gmail.com you also can follow the show at beam me up pod on twitter or you can call us if you want to leave a voicemail. We would love to hear your voice. You can leave your thoughts that way as well. The phone number there is 702-518-TREK. That's 702-518-8735. Uh, you guys can do that. And uh, we will try to respond to these emails, maybe, depending on how it goes, possibly yeah. within the context out. of the show. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, uh, we reserve the right to change and modify the show at any time at our pleasure as we we figure this thing out um and if you guys want to get in touch with me personally you find me at brent allen live across all the social medias matt uh i want to say thank you for joining me on this journey or rather thank you for letting us join you this is this is a show about (laughs) your journey as you're getting beamed up into star trek nerddom um and uh we we are off and running so the menagerie parts one and two for next time uh matt thank you so much and uh, until next time i don't have a sign off yet so muggle out see you later Live long and prosper. There we go. Live, live long and watch Trek. All right. Peace out.